Unlock the past and safeguard your memories with ScanMyPhotos.com. Here's our special promo code, GoDigital, to get a whopping up to 50% off your photo scanning order. Don't let your cherished moments fade away. Digitize them now with precision and care. Whether it's old slides, photos, or films, bring them into the digital age and relive those precious memories. This is an affiliate promotion, meaning we may earn a commission if you take advantage of this fantastic deal. Act fast, preserve your history, and save big with Go Digital at ScanMyPhotos.com. Hi, I'm Maureen Taylor, the photo detective. I really love family photographs, all of them. From the mystery images you find in shoeboxes and albums, to the pictures you snap with your digital devices. No mystery is too small. A simple question about an image can lead to new stories of your ancestors. This means you can count on me to help you identify the people in them, offer solutions for preserving and organizing them, and yes, even guide you in the various ways to gather and share picture stories with your relatives. My guest today is Kenyatta Berry. You probably know her from the Genealogy Roadshow. If you don't know her, you should know her. Kenyatta, thank you so much for being on The Photo Detective. Tell some people about yourself. (laughs) Well, thank you, Maureen, for having me today. Well, I'm a professional genealogist, former host of Genealogy Roadshow, and I wrote a book called The Family Tree Toolkit. And I also have a podcast called Conversations with Kenyatta that I've been doing since about February of 2021. I am also a techie. What a lot of people don't know is while I was filming Genealogy Roadshow, I actually worked full time in software sales. So I had two jobs. I don't know how I did it, but I spent about 20 years in tech and about that long doing genealogy research. Wow. I did not know that you were a full time employee while you were working on the TV show. That is a double job. Yes. And I don't know how I did it because now that I do genealogy full time, it seems as if I don't have enough time to do everything I need to do. So I think back to the fact that I worked during the week and then I would film Genealogy Roadshow on the weekends and then hair and makeup on the weekend, come back on Monday and it's like, okay, you're just a salesperson now. <laughs> Kenyatta, I love your podcast. Thank you. It's it's great. I mean, obviously you're on this podcast and I was on your podcast. Yes. So I think it's it goes back to my software sales experience because in sales, you know, no just means no for right now. Right. So you have to go and email people to buy your product or service you're selling. Right. And kind of give them your elevator pitch type of thing. And I typically find my guests one or two, a couple of ways. One, I love to watch C-SPAN book TV and C-SPAN American history TV. And if I'm watching something on PBS, which I often do, if there's a historian or someone who wrote a book that's a guest or featured in a documentary or talking about their book or at a conference, I will email them out of the blue. So I will just email them and say, hey, I saw you on C-SPAN. Would you like to be on Conversation with Kenyatta? Here's where you can listen to the old episodes. And this is what I want to talk about. Surprisingly, I would say probably 85% of the people say yes. 
which is very surprising to me because I'm like, you don't even know who I am, right? Occasionally there will be some folks who have actually listened to the podcast and they're like, oh yeah, we know you. I love this episode. And I'm like, wow, I didn't even know that. I didn't know, you know, kind of didn't understand my reach as far as a podcast goes. So that's one way. The other way is actually through universities. So I work with a lot of universities, especially with universities studying slavery, which is out of University of Virginia. I was just at their conference in September. So I went through the program and a lot of folks that attended that conference that I didn't get to meet. I have them on the podcast to discuss their books, maybe their master's thesis, or that they're talking about new projects they're working on in research. So for me, finding guests for Conversations with Kenyatta is really focused on things that I think are interesting to me, of course, but also to my audience. So it's it's genealogy, but yet it kind of has a little academic flair to it, in my opinion. That's cool. And you have a new segment that you just started, something about forgotten stories and history. So it's a small segment that I do really with folks that you just kind of come across in your research. I think for all genealogists, when we're going down our rabbit holes at some point, we find some people that have a unique story, interesting story we didn't know about. And the one I just did on Florence Price was really around her being an African-American female composer and just really talking about her life and sort of what her family went through. And for those segments, I actually do the genealogy research on each of these individuals. And I pick people based on sort of kind of my interests, really. I like classical music. I'm going to do one on a fashion designer because I wanted to be a fashion designer growing up. That was my whole gig. <laughs> so I'll do one in that on, on her. And then any other folks that I may find that were pivotal in in their community and at their time. So I'm typically going to focus this series prim- primarily on folks probably doing reconstruction and Jim Crow and just really try to find some folks that are obscure, probably showcase a lot of artists, writers, poets, things like that as well. And what's what's it called again? Forgotten Stories in History. Forgotten Stories in History. Yeah, I listened to one of them today. Yeah, nice. Yeah, thank you. I wanted to just do something different. You know, being a podcast host, right? You can have guests on, you can talk about different things. We have to come up with topics. But I feel like with my audience... A lot of times, and they may want to get to know a little bit more about me and more about what my interests are. So this kind of is a way for me to share kind of something I'm interested in and a person I'm interested in, and then also get their story out there as well. And typically with the folks that we profile, I'm going to profile, there'll be additional information about them, right? So you can maybe hear their music or you can find out their papers maybe at some university. So we'll link to those as well. I'm impressed that you you do the genealogy research for these people as well. Mm-hmm. So not only are you profiling their forgotten story, which is why they're famous mm-hmm. or should be famous, but mm-hmm. you're doing the whole backstory. Yeah. Cause I think it's important to do the backstory, right? Because it, my passion and love is genealogy. So I want to know sort of what were they going through? Like what was their family history? What type of trials and tribulations they have famous people in their family? Cause a lot of times you'll find people are connected. I think Price, her father was very well connected in, in Little Rock, Arkansas. And so they they had famous folks that were part of the kind of the movement for civil rights stay at their homes. And so she kind of grew up with these people and was she was around these folks. And so to me, that's very interesting. And that's part of her story. And that kind of also talks a lot or shows the culture of what it was like when folks could go to Arkansas, go to the South, they couldn't stay certain places. So they had to stay with someone who was prominent in a community that was African-American. And she got exposed to that. So how did that influence her love of music? How did that influence what she did in her career and her life? And so those things are, I think, really important to share. 
Well, our family history influences who we are and what we do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We yeah, didn't I- just spring out as a brand new unwritten person. Right. Right. But I think some people feel that way, though, because they don't even write their own stories. Right. They don't even tell their story because I think a lot of people, everyone has a story to share, but a lot of people don't feel like their story is important. And I know I felt that way when I started doing genealogy with my mom's side of the family. I'm like, oh, they're just farmers in Virginia and upstate New York. No one wants to hear about them. (laughs) You know, but I realized after doing the research for, for 20 plus years that they are interesting, that they were part of a rich community in upstate New York. They left Virginia and moved there in the 18, late 1880s. And that was just different. And I still have cousins there. So I think although a lot of people feel like their story isn't, I guess, more exciting, but it is because that story can touch someone else. And that's one of the things I learned about be, learned from being on Genealogy Roadshow is that everyone has a story and you don't know what impact one person's story will have on another person. And even on you as as the, you know, the person watching the program or listening to a podcast or whatever. Right. Right. I mean, we don't know what the backstories are for most of the people. And right. and every story is interesting. I mean, we're genealogists. We love hearing the details yes. <laughs> and putting the pieces together and telling that story. And yes. because we are all part of not only our families, but our community, and then a greater piece of history. Mm-hmm. It's not just about famous folk anymore. No, it isn't. And everyone has an impact. You know, it's just like some people get profiled. And again, why I love to do the segment, certain people get profiled or get the spotlight a lot. Right. And they continue to do that. But then there's some folks who kind of fall by the wayside and the way to bring them back and to tell their story is to share that story. So I encourage everyone, if you find someone that you're researching or you come across during your research, that has an interesting story just to share it, write a blog post about it. I mean, post on Facebook if you want or any other social media, but just get their stories out there. And that's one of the things I've done with my family is while I haven't written a book about my family in my book, I discuss my family, both on my maternal, paternal side, as well as any other thing that I do that relates to writing and family history and genealogy. I will include a nugget about my family in that so that my grandmother, who's no longer here, both my maternal grandparents have passed, that they're in a story, they're in a book somewhere at the Library of Congress, right? And the book is not just about Kenyatta's ancestors, but it's about something much bigger. Maybe it's about Detroit or maybe it's about New York, but they're still featured there as well. How old were you when you started being interested in genealogy? I was in law school. So I was 22, 23-ish. Yeah. So I started in law school with my ex-boyfriend's family. They were very prominent. See, I thought my family was just farmers, but his family, they were doctors, preachers, may have a few lawyers in there. So I was like, oh, let me look at his family. They had unusual surname. So I was like, they're, they're going to have a bunch of information right? Because they were prominent African-American community. So that's how I got started in telling his story. He was not interested at all, (laughs) but I still have all the information. And that's sort of how I got started with genealogy. I wondered, I've been to events where I sit with other genealogists and they say, oh no, I was this before I was a genealogist. I was that before I was a genealogist. For me, I was first interested in genealogy when I was, I think, eight Wow. I started asking my grandmother about her family and she would say, oh, I don't really want to talk about my family. We can talk about your grandfather's family. And I would say, okay, well, let's talk about his family. Who was his mother? And I mean, I don't know where that interest came from. And who was, and she's like, I don't know anything. I'm like, well, let's talk about your family. I don't want to talk about my family. Well, there's reasons for that. I found out. 
Right, it is right. a colorful, it is a colorful heritage. That's all I have to say. <laughs> I love it. I love it though. <laughs> Endlessly fascinating. I do wish she were still alive so I could say, oh, did you know this? Right. So we all come to it at different times. There's that moment where you suddenly become interested in, in mm-hmm. your past. And you're and hooked. And you're hooked. You can yeah. get really hooked. Yeah. I have clients who come to me and they say, I have this photograph and I really need to know more about it. And I'm like, well, what do you know about your family? And they'll say, I'm not interested in genealogy. I'm like, well, welcome to it. Because if we're going to talk about this photograph, we're going to talk about family history. Right, right, right. <laughs> it's connected. All right. Yes. So you've been on the Genealogy Roadshow, a, a wonderful experience for those of us watching, probably for you being on the show as well. You're with two other wonderful mm-hmm. hosts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to ask you, what do you got work? What are you working on now for TV? I know you, you got something you're working on. Well, I do have a couple of things that I am working on. TV is very much hurry up and wait for those <laughs> don't know. So I am filming in a couple of weeks, a show with a PBS station, not here in LA in a different state, but I cannot give more details than that, but that the show will definitely be focused on genealogy and tell sort of the stories of uh, everyday people like we did on Genealogy Roadshow. Right. So I'm excited to do that. I'm always excited to get back in front of the camera. I never really thought, I never thought in a million years I'd be on TV anyway. That's number one. Then I never kind of, as the years went on, I worked to kind of become a better host, right? Watch different people, learn from feedback that I would get. And I really enjoy it. And so I have the one thing coming up. And as always, the producer of Genealogy Roadshow lives here in LA. And he has always been trying to, for three plus years, (laughs) trying to get me back on television. So the one good thing is I have someone else who is actually out, you know, trying to get me back on television, whether it's a guest spot or if it's my own show. And the other thing that I do that I can talk about, I did is I actually did something for Showtime. I think will be coming out in January with a, where I did the genealogy research for an, a former athlete. And so I kind of was part of that piece. So that's cool. So I think the advantage I have, I live in Santa Monica, California. For those who don't know, the advantage I have is living in California, one, and then two, having TV experience, right? So I get these kind of opportunities. PBS is a little different because folks, the different stations know me from Genealogy Roadshow, but something like a Showtime or um, if I'm working on, I've done random stuff like been on game shows. Most of that comes from living here and then knowing producers that used to work on Genealogy Roadshow. So I'm hoping my big goal, like if you say, what would I want to do? I want to have my own show, of course. <laughs> that, that, was my, that was my absolute next question. I was going to say dream project. What is it? (laughs) Dream project is me having my own show, doing everyday people, genealogy reveals like we did on Genealogy Roadshow. But I would love to do a lot. We did African-American stories, but I think I would want to focus a lot more on some African-American stories, free people of color, you know, folks that are African-American, Native American, kind of different experiences during Reconstruction, as well as people that were maybe prominent in the South in certain areas or folks from Texas. Like, I feel like there's just a whole swath just of stuff you can cover. And I think that would be great to do that. And so it would just be having guests on the show, me revealing the history is their genealogy as well as history, and then kind of really having them being interviewed and kind of see what the impact was to them. I love doing my podcast too, but I do feel like the TV thing, I didn't, I realized 
probably in season two, the impact that it had, that I had being on television to other African-Americans. And I won't say took it for granted, but I didn't really think about it. Just someone older than me mentioned it to me and just talked about representation and being able to see someone who looks like yourself on the television program. And I was just thinking, oh, I'm a genealogist. I'm just, you know, talking about dead people and telling people about their relatives. I didn't even think about that other piece of it. So knowing that makes that desire to be in front of the camera again a lot stronger. Mm -hmm. And is there a particular period of history that you enjoy researching? Like, because it's, I mean, I know there are challenges. Yes. Reconstruction is my absolute favorite, but it's also, I mean, Jim Crow was really bad. Well, we're still half right here, but anyway, that was really bad. But Reconstruction was nuts, in my opinion. It was just, there was just so much stuff that went on. And just the Freedmen's Bureau records, one of the, the things that I look at, sometimes not all the time, are outrages and murders. So the reports are outrages and murders against African-Americans in the South. So I look at that because when I'm doing research for a client, we have to kind of, if there's a, if a person disappeared or if a person moved North all of a sudden, you know, you have to see if there was some type of violence that occurred where they were from in the South, right? Whether it was a riot, a lynching or something like that. Unfortunately, that's just part of what we have to look at. And so when I look at reconstruction, I look at those records to see what was going on at that time in the community. And I also like to look at the court records, obviously being an attorney that I enjoy reading those. So I tend to study reconstruction a lot more because I feel like it's one area that we, it didn't last that long. It was a time of hope. And I guess, yeah, the hope for like equality basically, and just ended badly. So I feel like that's an area we can learn so much more about our ancestors and about the country after the Civil War. So that's where I really tend to try to focus a lot of my research is in that area. Let's talk about photographs in your clients' families. Yes. I've I've been doing a lot of reading this past year. I'm finding some great books about photographs of African American families, why they were taken, where they were taken things like that. It's important. People have them. You consulted with me about a photograph, a a sort of more modern photograph than the ones I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that was a photo of my, my papa, Jones, and it was him in World War II. And so he's from Arkansas and it's him and this little boy. And it just seems very staged. You know, my dad gave it to me, you know, context around it, right? He sort of Maybe heard the story from Papa about it, but it just, it, my grandfather just looks so like handsome and stately. Like, it's just, I just love it because he died when I was 13. And so I, but I loved him. I loved my grandfather. It was like, that was my guy, you know? So just seeing that photo and I just, I love looking at it. I haven't done additional research on it because I'm working on other projects and client projects, but it just brings back. For me, what that photo means, it brings back the guy that I would drive around with in his car. We'd we'd drive around Detroit or we'd go different places and stuff like that. And so he just seems, it just brings back that warmth and nostalgia and feeling of missing him, but also enjoying my time with him that I had with him and being his only granddaughter. So I was super spoiled too by him. (laughs) But there's so much personality in that image. Oh, yes. You say it's staged, but you know him. (laughs) 
I know. Yes, there's a lot of personality. There's a lot of personality. And he he did, he had a big personality and he was so kind and I enjoyed the time that I had with him. And I think I will always cherish that photo. And as we're talking about photos and African-Americans with photos, sometimes with my clients, they don't have photos, right? right. Um, a lot of times things were destroyed or people threw things away or there's someone in a family that has the photo or the family Bible, but they're not talking to that person, you know, family dynamics, whatever the case might be. But then there are some who have a lot of photos. What I do find is when they have a ton of photos, if they want to have like a family history, like a book or something they want to share with their family, the photos are front and center. They are less concerned about the actual information related to the person, right? Maybe they're born here, married here, married that person, died, buried, that's it. But that photo is what they want and what they want to share with everyone. And so um, that's very interesting because I don't, I, I would say probably of all my clients, it's probably 15 to 20% that actually have photos that they want to showcase. But a lot of times they don't. They don't know a lot at all. Yeah, that's my experience. Mm-hmm. It's definitely my experience. Some families have tons of photographs. Yeah. And other families have a single image if they're lucky. Right, right, Yeah. Yeah, which is sad. I mean, in my own family, we have photographs. There's my one third cousin, one time's removed. I think she's like 95. She's in upstate New York and she has a ton of photos. And when I went to visit her a couple of years ago, pre-COVID, she gave me photos of like my, I think it's my third or second grade aunt, Martha. And like Martha and her husband dancing. And she's like, I have all these photos, but my kids don't want any of them. And I'm always like, I got to get back to New York to get, to get them because I'm going to be the only person that wants these photos. But it's all of my family in upstate New York. And my grandmother, my great-grandmother was born in Leroy, New York. So that's near Rochester area. And then she moved to Detroit. And that's where my grandmother, my mother and I were born. So the photos are going to be just from like that maternal side of my family in upstate. But we don't necessarily have that connection with them because once my great-grandmother, when her husband died, she moved back to upstate New York. When she died in 83, you know, we really didn't maintain that connection. So for me, I've been trying to be the person to connect and reconnect my cousins up there and then definitely have those photos because I'd only been there before I went as an adult. I'd only been there like once or twice as a child. So I think it's important to, if you have someone in your family (laughs) that has the photos and you know their kids or whoever is not going to take care of them, you know, be the person that's a steward of that to take care of it for them. Yeah, we need to take care of them, pass them on. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Kenyatta, thank you so much for joining me on The Photo Detective. Thank you so much for having me. I'm going to wish you get your dream project. Please, thank you so much, because I can't wait. I'm just putting it in the universe. So yes, hopefully it will happen. <laughs> you got a lot of people hoping for you, Kenyatta. Okay, right, great. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, thank yeah. you so much. Thank you so much. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it on social media, leave me a rating and a review. And if you know of a friend or family member who's also interested in family photographs, share this episode with them too. See you next time.
I'm thrilled to be offering something new. Photo Investigations. These collaborative one-on-one sessions look at your family photos. You and I meet to discuss your mystery images and find out how each clue and hint might contribute to your family history. And trust me, these images can reveal so much in your research. I have decades of experience in the photo, genealogy, and history industries. This is your chance to learn from me and discover the stories in your family images. You can find out more by going to MaureenTaylor.com and clicking on Family Photo Investigations.